0: Good morning. Good morning. Welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell, and it's awesome to be here with you. I am excited because we get to continue uh, being God's church. We get to continue living for the community that God has given us and going into the world to make a difference on behalf of Jesus Christ. We get to Just continue to be the people that God wants us to be, to let others know about this radical Jesus who loves us and comes after us and wants to be in relationship with us. And so if you're new here, whether you're joining online or in person, I just want to say you're welcome here we're excited that you are with us. You're gonna notice pretty quickly, unfortunately, that we are not perfect, but we know the one who is, and that's Jesus Christ, and we wanna be more like Jesus. So we wanna invite you on a journey, a journey that we get to grow into a relationship with God and go into the world and share the good news so that we can meet people where they are and share Jesus with them, and together we can grow in relationship with God, and with others, so that we can be the church, so that we can be the hands and feet of Jesus, so that we can be the people that God wants us to be, so that we can make a difference in this world. And I am excited, especially excited. Patty kind of talked about it, but guys, it's Advent. It's Christmas season. It's so, I know you're not surprised by this, because it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas has probably been played in stores that you've been in for a month already. But it's an exciting time. It's a time where we get to celebrate all the things that God has done. It's a season of anticipation. Uh, If you're anything like me, you have noticed maybe neighborhood lights. I've put lights up in my house. I've put lights up on my house. My wife told me uh, when, when we got married, she was like, she's only had lights on the house once in her life. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, well, we're going to solve that. So I put lights all over the house. Now, now, now it looks like a landing strip. It's great. Uh, the Griswolds have nothing on us, uh, but it's a, it's a good time. It's a season of anticipation. There's, there's shopping, there's trees, there's carols. Uh, we went this weekend, my family and I went to go see Back to Bethlehem at Ozark Baptist, Um, It was a, a unique experience, it was awesome. We also drove through Ozark Park and looked at all the Christmas lights that are there just to get in the Christmas spirit, we're listening to Christmas carols while we do things at home. I don't know about you, but I love Christmas carols. Uh, there are only a few Christmas songs that I remove from my playlist because they don't belong there. Um, and you should not listen to them either. Like I saw Santa, mommy kissing Santa. There's, there's a bunch of those things that just shouldn't be there. Um, <laughs> you guys are like, I like that song. It's Okay. Yeah. Y'all are wrong. It's good. It's good. Uh, But there's so many things, all the typical things that we see and experience. And and what's interesting when we look at Christmas, when we look at this season, is we can get to a place where we're kind of like, yeah, it's that time of year again, time to buy presents, time to decorate the house, time to remember Mary and Joe, you know, the virgin birth shepherds, angels, no room at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check. We get it. We remember. It it can start to feel ordinary. It can start to feel average. It can start to feel like, well, that's just what we do at this time of year. But the reality is, the reality is, this is Christmas. This is Christmas. Christmas is anything but ordinary. Christmas is everything That's extraordinary with God's relationship with us. Christmas is so different from the regular day in, day out things that we do, the way that we live our lives and the way that we do things. Christmas should change everything for us. And every year we get an opportunity to say, Go, Jesus, do something cool, make a difference in my life. And this Christmas, I want us to take a moment, to take a lot of moments, and to rekindle the awe, the absolute unbelievable nature of what Christmas really is. Christmas is so crazy. God decided to break into our world as a baby. Not only that, but as that baby said, hey, you random people, can you raise me up so that I will grow up and mature and be cared for by human parents? I mean, let, let that sink in for a minute. God Himself, the one who created people, then said, Hey, I'm going to go and live life as a people, not, not a whole people, but a person. Uh, and, and in that, then I'm going to have you raise me and teach me things and grow. Like God needs somebody to teach him. Yes. When he becomes human, he does. Somebody to teach him how to walk. Somebody to teach him how to put his socks on. God knows that children need more socks. Like my kids would always take their socks and shoes off the moment we finally got them on. You got to learn to keep them on. And Jesus had to learn that too. I mean, it's truly crazy when we think about it. Let it soak in that God said, I love you so much that I'm going to be born into this world, that I'm going to be a part of your world. I'm going to live alongside you. I'm going to do life just like you do so that I can relate to you better and so that, more importantly, we can relate to Him. Uh, that's, That's what Advent is all about. Advent This Advent season, we want to return to the unexpected nature of what God has done because Christmas truly is the most significant event in human history. Not the most significant moment, I would say that comes at Easter at the resurrection, but the most significant event because without Jesus coming at Christmas, we can't have Easter. Without Jesus coming at Christmas, we don't have any point of reference. Without Jesus coming at Christmas, we don't have hope. We don't have life in him and we're lost and alone and oh my gosh, how could that be more unexpected? How could that be more unexpected? I mean, the, the, the whole scenario of Jesus' incarnation, I mean, we have a fancy word for it. Everybody should know, oh, it's incarnation. Yeah, no problem, right? God coming and being born into this world. The whole idea is ludicrous. It's crazy. And yet, and yet, that's exactly what happened. An unexpected God comes into an unexpecting world to make a difference so that we might have life. And the people, the whole cast of characters is bizarre. It makes no sense. If you planned it out as a Hollywood director, I'm going to make a movie and I'm going to have all the nobody would choose the people that were involved in it. Nobody would, would even think, hey, you know what? Let's have some hillbilly girl from backwater Nazareth, who doesn't know nothing about nothing. Let's put her in charge. This is a great idea. Nobody thinks that's a great idea except for God. And sometimes, sometimes when we're going through life, man, we, we, people don't see us for who we are, or we don't see others for who they are. We, we expect that we can sum them up. We figured them out and, and either they belong or they don't belong. Either they deserve to be there or they don't deserve to be there. And what's crazy is God says, nope, those rules are out. You don't need to pay any attention to those rules because the reality is I'm going to make up new rules where you can learn to, to live into the story and I'm going to demonstrate just how awesome I am by using people that nobody else would choose, by using people that don't deserve to be there, by using people that, that make no sense in there using unexpected people, using people that don't have any of the gifts or talents or or expectations that we might have on them. People who don't seem to be special, but in God's eyes are. And the beautiful thing about the Christmas story is that's exactly what takes place in the Christmas story. That's exactly what happens in the Christmas story. Have you ever noticed the people, I mean, taking a look at a a deep look at the individuals that are in the Christmas story. If you do that, you're going to see some things that are unexpected. You're going to see people... That are unexpected. I don't know. You know. Let's pick a young girl from backwater Nazareth. That's going to be the mom. Oh, and she's going to be unwed. So we're going to also have her husband to be, who's going to be confused about the whole situation, and an angel is going to have to rectify that as well. Oh, even before that, let's talk about the the mother of the 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 child that is going to herald this Messiah, John the Baptist, Elizabeth, she's an old lady and, and and she doesn't belong in this story either. Oh, and her husband, Zechariah, let's throw them all together. What do we do when we shake up the box? We get a story that makes no sense. God picking people that don't seem like they deserve it or, or should be there. And And the thing that makes them special, what is it that makes them special? The same thing for every person in the story. They all had one thing in common. They shouldn't be there. According to human standards, they should not be in the story it shouldn't be about them. It shouldn't have them in it. They're not even good as a cast of characters. Like, you know, when you walk through a, a, a city street and there's just the random people walking by, they don't even have a place there if it's really a story that we're putting together. They don't deserve it. They don't earn it. They haven't done anything. I mean, they're not wealthy. Nope. They don't have any status. No. Power? None. They, the whole scenario, the whole picture is unexpected. Not to mention, not to mention how Jesus' birth is communicated. Like, have you ever thought about the unexpected nature of that? I mean, you're, you're, let's, let's just pretend for a moment. You're a teenage girl, and your chores include going and getting water at the well. And while you're going to get water at the well, God's angel decides to show up and break some good news to you, which probably doesn't sound like super good news at the time. Here's the story as it's it's told to us in Luke's gospel. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Uh, talk about unexpected. I mean, you're getting up, you're doing your chores, you're going on your way to, to fill up the water for your family's use for the day. And while you walk to the well, an angel of the Lord shows up and is like, hey, by the way, greetings to you who are highly favored. I, I, like, we, we can't, there's, no, there's no playbook on how to interact with an angel. Uh, actually, there is. Here's what happens Angel shows up, you're terrified. Angel says, don't be afraid, everything's cool. You're still terrified, and yet you, you do what the angel says because it's an angel, and it freaks you out. And that's exactly the way that this story unfolds. Young girl going to a well, angel shows up, says, greetings, you who are highly favored. Talk about unexpected. This is not the way she imagined her day to go that morning. Nobody expects an angel. Mary was greatly troubled. At his words. I imagine this is one of the understatements of Scripture that can have two exclamation points. Mary, no no wonder Mary was greatly troubled at his words because it's an angel. He just showed up out of nowhere and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Here's the angel's part Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You are to call him Jesus. He will be great and be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? Again, we've heard this story before, but again, let's focus on the unexpected nature of it. I mean, can you imagine Mary's response? Pardon me, mister angel, person, (coughs) thing, whatever? Uh, How? How is this going to happen? What is this going to look like? I, I, I don't know if you have experienced... Uh, an upending of your day, uh, where your expectations were thrown out the window. For me, it happens typically on a daily basis. I have a plan, and I know what I'm gonna do, and I walk into the day, and my plan gets chucked out the window. This is Mary having a plan for her life, and she walks into her life, and her life is thrown out the window. Everything she thought, everything she expected, everything she anticipated is now different. And her response is, how is this going to happen? What is this going to look like? The angel answered her and, and said, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even the, Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And the angel left her. <laughs> so Mary has the angel show up and pops this brain-twisting reality on her. Hey, you're going to have a child. She's like, how is that going to happen? I'm still a virgin. The angel says, oh, the Holy Spirit's going to take care of it. Don't you worry. You're not going to have to do anything except be an unwed mother in a time when that means you could be killed, except be a mother who doesn't know what the future is going to look like, except be the mother of God. Can you imagine the unexpected? I mean, like, I love Mary because of her response, may it be to me as you have said, right? Let's do it. No doubt, no hesitation, no pause, no confusion, none of that. If you have spent Anytime around a teenage girl, this should come as, as mind-boggling to you. Uh, having one at home once again and raising a second one that is already grown and thinks she's way more grown than she is. Anyway, um, and, is, is doing life. This kind of concept to them is hard. Like I find this concept hard for me to do, and yet she's like, yeah, no problem, let's do it. No problem. Let's do. Like, imagine, imagine that moment. Imagine the angel just showing up and saying, "Hey, you're gonna have to wear red shoelaces tomorrow," right? Just something mundane. I'd be like, "Well, I don't. uh, Why? How how is that gonna be useful?" What's interesting is Mary's response. The angel's like, "Oh, okay. I'll go ahead and go." when we talked about earlier the other cast of characters there's elizabeth and zechariah they haven't had a kid and and they want a child and they're in their old age and zechariah is at the temple doing his priestly duty and an angel shows up to him as well same scenario he's terrified don't worry i'm here for good news okay what's the good news the angel says hey you're gonna have a child. Same scenario. What does Zechariah do? He's like, hey, uh, I don't know for sure that that's a good idea. My, my wife's old, and I'm old. I don't want to chase a kid around the camp. I don't know what's happening. And what happens? The angel's not like, oh, good questions, good questions. I'll take them back to God and give them to you. No, the angel's like, because you didn't believe, I'm going to make you mute for nine months. And here's the thing. I wonder if Elizabeth was like, yes. Right because now it 's unexpected because now she can't, he can 't talk she 's like oh yeah i 'm going to do all the talking for both of us it 's going to be great. Pregnancy with the only voice in the family has got to be amazing for her and, and these are the unexpected things that happen and here 's the truth one, The one thing that we need to gain from this story, this moment in history that bleeds into everything else is God uses the most unexpected people to do the most miraculous things. God uses people who don't deserve it, people who didn't earn it, people who have done nothing to, require, or to get the favor of God. And yet, God says, hey, I want you be blessed by me i want you to have life in me i want you to live fully for me god doesn't wait for people to be ready god moves in the unready god empowers those that are distant from god to take a step toward him god makes people useful to him by being with them and it's the most unexpected people that do the most unexpected things And the biggest miracles, the biggest, most powerful changes in our world have happened because people that weren't all that they maybe should be or could be received and made a difference in the life of others because of Jesus. God doesn't wait for people to be ready. He moves in those that are not ready. Jesus didn't call the highly educated Jesus didn't go out and go, okay, can you give me your resume before you can become a disciple of mine? Jesus didn't say, hey, I want all the people that are trained religiously that know all about who I'm supposed to be. He didn't call them. Who did he call? He called fishermen and tax collectors and sinners, those who were the furthest from who it would look like he was supposed to call those who the world saw as less than. And yet Jesus saw their potential. Jesus saw who they could be, who they would be with him as their Lord and Savior. Jesus uses the unexpected, the unwanted, the willing but flawed. Jesus uses people like Mary and Joseph, some crazy shepherds. Let, let that sink in for a moment. The, who are the people that are going to announce the gift of Jesus to the world? The most unpleasant people to be around at the time of Jesus. Shepherding was the lowest level of job. Like if you couldn't be anything else, well, I guess you can be a shepherd, you know? And, and when the shepherds came into town, everybody was like, oh, there's the shepherds. Oh, I know. I smelled them before they got here. Right. This is not a joy-filled. Like this is this this is almost as bad as being a garbage collector in the mindset of the people. Like there there is no job that, that's all that great in, in in being a shepherd. And so Jesus says, "Hey, in in the person of the angels showing up to the shepherds, I want you to be the one to share the good news." It's so unexpected. It makes no sense when we think of all of the people that God invites into His story. It can boggle our minds. And you may think, you may think that you're not useful, but God knows better. God knows what you can be. God knows your potential and has hope for you to be something that that you could never imagine for yourself. Friends, I know about what I'm talking. Because if you knew me, if, if you knew who I really was, especially before I came into a relationship with Jesus. None of you would listen to a word I said. Nobody, because nothing I say on my own is worth listening to. I was at the altar of Steve. I wanted everybody to think I was super cool, and that's the only thing that mattered. And Jesus says, I want you to talk to my people. I want you to shepherd a community. I want you to help mold and grow disciples. I want you to do all the things that I'm gonna empower you to do. And I'm like, me? Do you you know who I used to be? Do you know what I used to do? Do you know how I used to live? And God says, yeah, yeah, I do, oddly enough. I tried to talk you out of it when you did it the first time. (laughs) You did it anyway. Now let's make something magical. And God has changed me from the inside out so that I can share the good news with you and so that we together can go into the world and say, hey, I'm not enough, but God is. And I want to share that same God with you. And so the, the reality is, what do we do? How do we embrace that? How does that look? What are the steps we can take? Maybe you're sitting out there going, that kind of sounds cool. I'd like for something unexpected in my life during this Advent season, during the season of Christmas. And the first, it's not rocket surgery, rocket science or brain surgery all smashed together. It's not. First, ask God to use you. Crazy. Lord, use me. Now, this is dangerous because when you say it, Jesus is like, okay, I, you, you asked for it. Um, ask God to use you. Second, ask God to guide you. Ask God to help you and then share what God has done in you and to you and is doing through you with others. What's crazy is if you do that, you're already being used by God. God is saying, yes, I'm right there with you. Yes, I'm gonna show you what to do. Yes, I'm gonna lead you. Yes, I'm gonna guide you. Yes, I'm gonna send you. Yes, you are going to listen. Yes, it's going to be uncomfortable, but yes, I will make you worthy. Not because of what we have done, but because of what God has done. So do you feel useless, pointless, purposeless? Then you are exactly who God is looking for. Jesus Jesus explains to Paul, and Paul shares with us, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the wise the strong. What are the foolish things? What are the weak things? Us. We. To the world, we are foolishness. It makes no sense. We believe in a God who loves us enough to be born into the world, who gives life to us through the presence of his Holy Spirit because of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. We don't believe in a a God that lives in the sky. We believe in a God that lives in our hearts, that will live and move in us so that we can experience the joy of who Jesus is, so that we can have the radical, unbelievable purpose of sharing God's love and grace with others. We can embrace this right now. We don't have to wait for some specific time. We don't have to know enough or do enough or be enough. We just have to want Jesus. A little bit of Jesus, God, just just give me a little bit. What's crazy is Jesus is like, no, I don't want a little bit. I want it all. I want it all. If we allow God to work in and through us, we can do unexpected things too. We can be the people that God wants. We can love God and neighbor, and we can share that love with others. Amen? Amen. Let's do that. Let's pray. God, help us. By the power of your Holy Spirit poured out upon us, let us be made more and more like Jesus. Surround us with your love and grace and inspire us to follow you. Inspire us to embrace a brand new life in you so that you can use us to do incredible things, so that we can be unexpected followers of Jesus, so that the community around says, what's going on with that person? because they don't remind me of who they used to be, because God, we want to represent you. We want to live for you, and we want to share you with everyone we come in contact with. So let us embrace this life. Let us recognize that we are not enough, but that God, you are, and that we want to be more like you. We pray this in the name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.